Hey DCL fans, it's Wes. If you're thinking about taking a Disney cruise vacation, consider booking your trip with us. We are independent travel agents affiliated with Mickey World Travel, a platinum Disney earmarked agency. Not only can we answer all your questions and help you with all the planning details, but we'll give you some onboard credit up to $1,000 to spend on your trip. That's free money to spend on whatever you want just for booking with us. Spa treatments, port adventures, merchandise, adult dining experiences. You're going to pay the same whether you book directly with Disney or with a travel agent, so you might as well get some extra spending money to take with you. If you're interested, send us an email at wes at mickeyworldtravel.com. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 77 of the DCL Dude Podcast. My name is Wes, and uh, we're officially heading into the fall season here in New England. The, the The kids are back in school, the days are getting shorter, the weather uh, getting a whole lot cooler, and, and you could already start to see some of the leaves uh, changing, so there's... There's certainly a lot to like about the fall season here, and I think if I think if you if you asked around and took a poll here, the the majority of the people would say that the fall is their favorite season. But I I love the summertime. Um, I love it so much that the the fall for me really is just a transition period, uh, and a, and a unfriendly reminder that it's a, about to get a whole lot worse. And for me, there, there's no question that the winter is definitely my least favorite time of the year, uh, especially around here because it, it seems to last forever, and it means snow and cold, and I just I am not a fan. Uh, but a lot of people love the winter, um, and, and that's fine. You can have your own opinion. It's the wrong opinion, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it is what it is. Um, I I subtly hint to my wife quite often that uh, that we move, that that we should move to Florida, but uh, so far I have been unsuccessful. But I'll uh, I'll definitely keep on her though. She'll she'll come around eventually. I uh, I have some interesting news to share regarding um, an eventual return to cruising, but first, I am absolutely thrilled to say that the show received three new ratings and two new reviews uh, since my last show. Really excited about that. So before we get to the news, I am just going to read them real quick. So the first one is from username Chief Collins and is titled Great Podcast. Chief Collins says... Wes, thanks for the great tips and planning sessions that you provide. I am patiently awaiting our second cruise uh, in July 2021. Your podcast is helping me plan and make the most of our time and money. Furthermore, it's helping me catch the things that I missed and did not know the first time. Well, Chief Collins, thank you so much for listening to my show and and thank you for the review. Um, (laughs) I I noticed that you used quotation marks around the words patiently waiting. Um, So does that mean that you are not being so patient? Because that is something I can certainly relate to. Um, I am definitely impatiently waiting for a return to cruising. Um, and of course, if you ever have questions as you plan your July cruise, feel free to reach out to me directly. And, and really that, that goes for, for any of my listeners as well. I, I always like hearing from you and I'm more than happy to, to share some of my cruise planning advice. 
And the second review I received comes from username LVH Jr. and is titled Awesome Podcast. So we went from great to awesome. So on our way up. Um, LVH Jr. writes, your podcast has gotten me through my dry spell of no cruises. Um, I've also gotten plenty of ideas of what it would, what I would like to do on my next cruise. Keep up the great content. So once again, thank you so much for listening to my show and for leaving a review. One of the reasons I actually started doing this podcast was to help me bridge the gap between cruises. So I can, I can, uh, I can relate to, to, um, Try, you know, getting through the dry spell. I, I, I found that uh, that I was constantly thinking about cruising all the time. So so doing a show where I can um, where I can talk about it regularly felt like the the natural next step. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad you enjoy the show. I, I really appreciate it. All right. So a few weeks ago, I uh, I did an episode about a recent survey that was released by Disney Cruise Line that had some interesting questions um, that I, I think gave gave a little bit of insight into some of the things that Disney Cruise Line is thinking about as it relates to a return to cruising. If you missed it, it was episode 73 and is called Survey Says. Be sure to go check that out. But anyway, that survey got into some of the um, got into things like altering itineraries, offering incentives to keep your reservations, um, and even making some some changes on board. And so we haven't heard anything official from Disney Cruise Line. So so everything um, we can take away from that survey is is still purely speculation at this point. Um, although I, I feel I feel pretty strongly that we'll we'll see a lot of the things that we talked about become a reality when we learn more over the next couple months. Um, but we we still haven't received any official word from Disney Cruise Line. Um, but there have been some developments in the past several days that um, that I thought that I think are interesting. Um, first, Royal Caribbean, which I think <laughs> I think has been a lot uh, a lot more transparent than Disney Cruise Line, um, and I think that's kind of the case just generally speaking, not just related to um, to this situation, but. Anyway, um, uh, Royal Caribbean was initially expected to release its first set of recommendations on how to uh, start cruising again safely by the end of August. However, the the cruise line confirmed last week that it's you know it's still waiting for the CDC to conclude its open comment period first. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with what that is, in late July, the, the CDC began taking comments from the public that um, that it said would be used to inform public health guidance and, and preventative measures relating to, to cruise ship travel. So um, I <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the person at the CDC in charge of <laughs> sorting through all those comments because, well, I mean, let's just say there are a lot of different <laughs> opinions. I was looking at some of the comments, I was scrolling through them, and, and there are a ton, and they... Um, they are on both sides of the of the return to cruising um, spectrum. So not a fun job, I would think, sorting through all those. So um, in theory, the, the CDC is trying to listen to public concerns um, and points of view that will assist in making recommendations and guidance. So we'll we'll see we'll see where all all that ends up. Anyway, long story short, the the CDC's open comment period is expected to end on September 21st, so Royal Caribbean may release some of its reopening guidelines around that time period, so end of September maybe, Um, and will Disney Cruise Line follow soon after? You know, that that still remains to be seen, but Disney has has seemed to, to follow with their news 
a few days after the the other major cruise lines. So something to definitely keep an eye on there. Um, so that was the that was the first thing I wanted to point out. The next one is really interesting, and, and you may have seen it because um, from uh, because Scott from the Disney Cruise Line blog uh, brought it to my attention. He, it was on his blog uh, last week. But do you remember back before we knew anything about the Disney Wish, we kept getting um, getting some news out of the Port Canaveral Commission meetings that gave us some um, some details before we ever heard anything official um, from Disney. We learned the project name for the new ships, which of course was the Triton class. We learned the approximate size of the ships. We learned the expected date and that, um, excuse me, the expected date that the the steel cutting was set to begin. The point is, it, it, it seems like the ports are receiving information from Disney and are either told they can share it publicly or are just <laughs> are just less careful about keeping the the information under wraps. Either way, it's it's good for us, um, who is always dying for for Disney Cruise information. Um, well, the the home ports are coming through again with some insight into Disney Cruise Line's plans, uh, and this time it comes from the port of Galveston. But before we get into the details, I need to <laughs> I need to once again remind you that none of this has has of course been confirmed by Disney. Um, so listen with that in mind. Uh, but however, the, the, the Port Canaveral information was all confirmed after the fact. So I definitely believe that this information has, uh, has some truth to it and is, is likely coming from, um, from a Disney source. All right. So what did we learn? On September 1st, the Board of Trustees of the Galveston Wharves held their monthly meeting and Roger Reese, who is the, the port director and, and CEO um, at the Port of Galveston, uh, shared some details of some of the information that he's hearing from Disney. And I'm going to share some clips here in a second, but I, I wanted to first kind of summarize something that was brought up about the timing of a return to cruising. So this... The, uh, this came from that clip. The, the entire meeting was about uh, two and a half hours long or something. Um, so this clip, I, I didn't want to play the whole thing because it was pretty long, but I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. So one of the, the board members or trustees, I, I'm not exactly sure which, mentioned a report from the Port of Tampa um, that they had seen of an April 1st, 2021 target return date for the United States cruise industry. Um so Mr. Reese, who you know again the the Port of Galveston CEO, acknowledged that he had seen that report, the the Tampa report, but mentioned that the Port of Tampa serves a smaller market and and hosts fewer ships than than some of the um, the major ports in Florida. Um, and so by saying that, it, it sort of seemed to suggest that the April first date wasn't really a target date for the the cruise industry as a whole, um, but maybe more for you know some of the smaller ports of call. Anyway, immediately after he mentioned a task force that meets every two weeks and includes the, the port directors of Miami, the Everglades, Port Canaveral, Jacksonville, Tampa, Seattle, Los Angeles, um, Long Beach. And so this task force uh, is initiating letters to these legislators who have some influence on the CDC and other agencies um, with, you know, with influences over the cruise industry. So the task force, uh, along with the, uh, the ports of call are essentially acknowledging that it's, it's, and I'm quoting here, time to get back on the water. So it sounds to me based on that discussion that they're really pushing for 
um, a return to cruising here as soon as possible. So I'm about to share a few audio clips with you from that meeting. Um, the clips are a little bit hard to hear. I tried to make the volume as loud as possible. Um, so I did the best that I could, but you you may need to turn your volume up a little bit to hear hear the clips. I apologize for that. Um, the audio from the, the video wasn't all that great, um, so I, I did the best uh, the best that I could with it. But I think you'll, you'll be able to hear it and uh, get the get the information from the from the meeting. All right, so let's get to some actual clips from that meeting. Most of the clips I'm going to share are specifically related to Disney, but in this first clip, one of the the board members or trustees, again, I, I'm not sure which you know which one, um, but asks Mr. Reese if he has heard anything specific about what Disney's plans are based on a recent conversation that he had with them. So let's hear his response um, to that question. One thing I'd be interested in, Roger, we've heard a lot about Carnival and World. You mentioned recent conversations with Disney. Any ideas what their plans are? Well, I mean, oh, I mean, their plans are like the rest of them: is to get ready to cruise, and when the no sale order gets lifted, then they intend to get out there. And what we're doing with Carnival and Royal and all of them, and, and actually the other cruise lines that don't even come in here are involved in all the conversations about um, what we do, what it's going to look like, and how they're going to handle it on their ships, and, you know, uh, how we, what we can do, you know. Um, so, I mean, and, and we're doing pretty much everything. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not, there's no miracle. I mean, the it's social distancing, it's all those same things that we're all doing will now take place on ships the same way. So the first thing I took uh, away from that clip was that whoever it was that asked the question said, we've heard a lot about Royal Caribbean's and Carnival's plans. Do we know anything about Disney's plans? So that <laughs> that goes back to my earlier point that the it seems like the other cruise lines have are being more transparent than Disney. They mentioned that they have already heard about Royals plans and Caribbean's plans and maybe had some more details about those. Um, but anyway, that was just, uh, you know, sort of a, a side note. That's just some speculation by me. But I, I thought that part was um, was pretty telling. Also, it sounds like the, the cruise lines are anxiously awaiting the, the CDC's lifting of the no sale order, which doesn't come as too much of a surprise. Um, we've sort of thought that all along, but it, it sounds like that's really the, the big hurdle uh, right now. But that he said when the no sale order gets lifted, um, then they intend to get out there is, if, you know, somewhat encouraging, I think, at least to me. And finally, the last part about that clip that I thought was interesting was his comment about there being, you know, essentially no magic formula. Um, he said, we'll probably see the things that we've become accustomed to seeing except just now on a cruise ship so you know he didn't say all these things but social distancing and i'm sort of filling in the blanks here but hand washing sanitizing stations probably masks maybe limiting activities that that usually attract large gatherings um things like that um and along those lines the the dream and the fantasy are, are currently at a shipyard over in brest france um, I suspect they are probably undergoing some enhancements to, to put some of these practices uh, practices into place. Uh, you know, perhaps some plexiglass installations, maybe some floor markings, 
maybe removing seats, tables from the restaurants and, and theaters. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just speculating, kind of thinking out loud here. Some of the things that, um, I've heard rumors about or some of the things that just sort of make sense. So, uh, we'll see, you know, once the, the dream and the fantasy are done over there and start to head up, head back over here, what kind of, what kind of changes they've made. These next two clips focus on the terminal experience, um, you know, which obviously makes sense because that's the, the part that directly impacts these home ports and, um, and the things that they can control directly. One, one point that Disney brought up yesterday was um, they control their own terminals. In other words, Canaveral, they have two terminals. They had one that was totally their own terminal. They picked up another terminal to bring in their new ships, some additional ships. And they're talking like things like bringing fresh air in rather than recirculating air conditioning. So like one of the things we're doing out here is we cool the same air over and over. And we've talked about add-ons for the ventilation systems that will take out the viruses and those kind of things. But uh, back to your question, um, you know, I, I believe the cruise lines think that they're close. So there we hear about some potentially uh, new technology to improve the air quality that's circulated in the terminal, um, which, you know, again, make, you know, makes a lot of sense. I think the airlines are doing something similar, putting in these uh, really uh, high grade filters that are, you know, filtering the air really well. Um, so, you know, I thought that was interesting. And then here's the next clip related to the home ports. They'll be limiting contact with people. so many people in terminal at a time, which Disney has always staggered their people anyway, but they don't necessarily enforce that. They will be enforcing that now where it says on your ticket you go on at 1030, and they're also prepared for later departures and things like that because it's going to take a longer time to get people on the ship based on these new methods and get people off the ship from those kind of things. So those are, those are all the things that we're... Um, there were some interesting things in there um, that would change the way that we're probably used to arriving at the port. So it sounds like they'll be more strictly enforcing the port arrival times to allow fewer people in the terminal at a time. Um, so obviously, you know, the current process is you sign up for a port arrival time. Some people follow that closely. Some people don't. Either way, I mean, when you get to the port, if it's not, you know, right when it opens or kind of near the end, it's pretty crowded um, in the terminal. So uh, by making you sign up for time and more strictly enforcing it, um, obviously it's going to spread people out and have fewer people in the terminals. And then they also mentioned having maybe later departure times so um, so that, you know, they can work to space space people out and get people on the ships. But that also probably means that Platinum Castaway Club members and Concierge Cruisers um, are going to have to sign up for a port arrival time. So obviously, if you you know have cruised with Disney before, you know that Platinum Castaway Club members and Concierge Cruisers typically don't have to select a port arrival time. They can just show up whenever they want. But I don't know. I, it kind of makes me think that either you'll be assigned a port arrival time based on your, your Castaway Club status or you'll, you'll have to sign, you know, sign up for one. Um, even, even if you have that, uh, platinum or concierge status, um, 
Also interesting and maybe maybe related, Disney Cruise Line announced last week that it would be temporarily suspending its online check-ins while um, while it worked to update the system. So I'm uh, part of me is wondering if there's something that um, if or excuse me if this is something that they'll be working on, uh, you know, adding this feature where you have to sign up for a port arrival time. But I'm also guessing there'll be some sort of risk acknowledgement that you'll have to accept, similar to um, what we've seen with scheduling a park visit at Walt Disney World. So um, if you visited Walt Disney World, when you make your park reservations, there's kind of a disclaimer there about um, about COVID-19. So my guess is they'll probably be adding some of that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think they're, you know, those enhancements are definitely some things that um, that we'll see as part of the online check-in process. And I'm also wondering if we'll get some more official information from Disney before that system goes live. So that would seem to make sense uh, because we'll probably learn some things from the go live of the um, the new online check-in system. But it would make sense that Disney would kind of release their information before that system goes live so that um, we're not left to sort of fill in the blanks ourselves. Um, another discussion about ports of call that came from this um, Port of Galveston meeting, which I, I don't have a clip for, um, but was related to shore excursions. So Mr. Reese mentioned ports of call only allowing excursions that had been arranged through the cruise lines, um, which would give the, the cruise lines a way of controlling the safety measures. Um, I'm not sure how they would enforce that um, unless they, they only let you off the ship if you had signed up for a port adventure. Um, so definitely something to keep an eye on there. I actually got a, uh, a message from a listener the other day that said they had heard from somewhere. I'm not sure where that, uh, that Disney wasn't going to be letting people off in ports of call unless you had a, 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 a port adventure or shore excursion. So who knows? Maybe they, maybe they were onto something there. It sounds, um, you know, like that's something that potentially could, you know, be, uh, be in the works, something they're actually thinking of. So. Um, but we'll see. And finally, uh, this last clip that I have talks about the restart sailing capacity um, and begins with a question about how full the ship needs to be for um, for Disney to break even. So essentially, how many passengers do they need um, to make the sailing worthwhile and, and not be losing money? So um, here is the response from Mr. Reese to that question. Yeah, and I've, I've, you know, I've gotten differing numbers on that. I mean, I've gotten numbers that say, or people have mentioned numbers to me that there's a 30% occupancy that allows them to break even on the ship. Cruise ships are very profitable. And here again, it, it's, you know, Disney comes out yesterday and said they their intent is to begin at 70%. In other words, they'll, they'll, they'll try to sell 70% of the ship. So those, so you can see the disparity between one saying thirty and another saying seventy. Um, but I think one of the things is for sure is they have zero cash flow now, and so you know everything that they can bring in, you know, obviously expenses increase incrementally with the number of people you got on the ship. So thirty percent capacity seems to be sort of a, a ballpark break-even number, meaning that they could sail at thirty percent capacity. 
um, and not operate at a loss on that cruise. So you know that that sounds about right and probably around what I would have uh, what I would have estimated. But you know Disney apparently stated that their intent is to resume sailing at 70% capacity. So um, I would imagine their their target occupancy upon startup would be somewhere between um, 30 and 70%. Uh, and another interesting thing, uh, once again, going back to, um, Scott from the DCL blog, but he tweeted out, uh, last week that if, um, if the dream and the fantasy were to only allow you, uh, cruisers to, uh, sail in, um, veranda staterooms that, the ship would be sailing at approximately 70% capacity. So I thought that was really interesting. We brought up on the show not too long ago that um, there was a rumor that maybe they would only be sailing in outside staterooms. Um, so, you know, just, you know, once again, one more thing to sort of um, piece together ourselves. But I thought that was pretty interesting that that, uh, that Scott tweeted that out. So once again, we'll see uh, all of this, you know, just take it. Uh, take it for what it is and and don't put too much stock into it until we we hear um uh, officially from disney but anyway there's um some some good stuff in there right i mean uh, i i think there were a lot of details there that that haven't been made public yet and that uh that gives some insight into some of the things that that disney is thinking for uh, a return to cruising um i thought that information was really interesting it was really interesting to me so i i hope um it was interesting for you as well and that you you didn't mind me sort of doing an episode about uh, these updates uh, coming out of the Port of Galveston. Of course, I you know once we get some official information, I'll definitely be um, be sharing it on the show. But um, I keep thinking back to that that uh, that meeting at Port Canaveral where they gave us all the information about the Disney Wish and how all of that you know ended up being true. So I, I think there's a, a lot here, um, and uh, I thought it was information. So I, I hope you you don't mind me um, sharing it with you. And, and the last thing <laughs> I. I I meant to throw this in earlier, but Len Testa on his podcast uh, last week uh, speculated a uh, a Thanksgiving cruise. So you know, I, I I'm not sure how 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 connected Len is, but you know, he he probably has some sources down there. So I don't know if he's been hearing anything. But uh, anyway, I you know I am sort of just filling in the gaps here, um, reading between the lines, and, and really just hoping for uh, return to cruising as soon as possible. So anyway, I, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you all had a, a fantastic Labor Day weekend uh, and, and got to enjoy some time off, got to spend it outside. Hopefully the weather was nice. We had a, a beautiful weekend here, so um, we got to spend a lot of time outside. So, um, But anyway, uh, thanks, uh, thanks so much for listening to the show, and I will talk to you again next time. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL Dude or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Dude Podcast. Please feel free to ask a question, leave a comment, drop a note, or share the podcast with your followers. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. Of course, if there's anything I can do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening.